Hallelujah. Well, turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that it's alive. We thank you, Lord, that your word feeds us today. Your word leads us today, Lord, that we'll be built up in our inner man. Lord, and as our spirit grows stronger, Lord, we become more victorious. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. First Corinthians 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as to, unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. How I many know that little babies can't handle meat? For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Or um, other translations say, as mere men. What does that mean? Someone who's never experienced the new birth. Walking just the same as any other person. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? And then turn over to James 3. James 3, and let's read in verse 13. Hallelujah. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation... His works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Look at verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. What does that mean? It's easy to get along with. Amen? Amen. Easy to get along with. Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. We began last week talking about being free from strife, mm-hmm. being free from strife, and especially after experiencing these last couple of weeks in healing school and, and being in, in services, you really realize how important it is to be built up, and what the terrible cost is of allowing things that come in and drain us of our spiritual strength, and one of those things is strife. But there's something else that we see all throughout the Bible that's in connection with strife. And all these things that we're talking about are heart attitudes, matters of the heart. How many know that that you can have heart problems? And I'm not talking about your your aorta. You know, I'm not talking about the the valves. We have to be on guard against different things. What does that mean? I have to be on guard on the job that I don't allow strife between me and a fellow employee. I don't have to, to allow those things. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And what is strife? Strife is the manifest presence of the enemy. Who's ever gotten into a, not just a disagreement, but a, a brawl? I'm not saying it was fisticuffs and stuff like that, but, you know, you just got into something heated. And what, what, what happened, though? If you'll notice, you'll notice that your spiritual strength begins to wane. I mean, you can read the book of Isaiah. You can read the book of Philippians. You can talk in tongues for four hours, but you get embroiled in, in a fight with somebody, and, and you go sit down in the chair, and it's, you don't even have enough strength to get up. Right. Why? Because the enemy knows if he can keep you involved in those things. And we, we mentioned a couple things like that last week. Fear is like that. Worry is like that. And, you know, one of the things about strife is we see strife on the outside. But, you know, strife manifests, the beginning of it is on the inside. And so what do we have to do? We have to do what the, the book of Proverbs says, protect your heart with all diligence, all vigilance. Why? Because out of it flows the issues of life. Out of it flows your healing. Out of it flows everything that you need from the Lord. And so the, the enemy knows this. And one of the hard attitudes that he uses to try to trip people up is another one called envy. Envy. And it was even in the offering I heard the word envy. So I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so I want to preach this morning about living free of envy. So we talked about living free. How many think it's good to live free? Yeah. Living free of strife, but today living free of envy. All these things are matters of the heart. Amen. And, you know, one thing that we have to do, it's not up to your brother or sister, your husband or wife. It's not even up to your pastor. It's up to you to, to guard your heart, protect your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it flows the forces of life. Everything is, comes out of the heart. So what, what you don't want is, is to have a... a uh, a hose that's crimped up, you know, who's ever tried to go water your lawn or something and you get out there and you turn, you know, you turn the water on and you get out there and you get a couple of little sprays and then it just would, and you look and that thing is curled up or it's got a crimp in it, you know, well, that's what can happen for the life of God. You know, even the Word of God, even like healing school, some, sometimes people say, well, how long does it take the Lord? You know, why, why should I come for two weeks? Well, it's not, there can be a lot coming out, but, but it's not being received. Yeah. It, there, yeah. There's not a taking in of it. Yeah. A lot of times just because of wrong thinking and wrong uh, processes. So that's why we had, the Bible says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yeah. But living free of envy, we just come out of the... Uh, time where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And when you read the, uh, over in Matthew 27, I want you to listen to what the Bible says. Matthew 27, 15. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people prisoner whom they would. So they always release this prisoner this one time a year. And they had then a notable prisoner. That's pretty bad. You you're a notable prisoner. I mean, people, people know that you're like real special. Called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? Now, I want you to notice something you've probably never seen. 
Verse 18, for he knew that for envy they had delivered him. For envy they had delivered him. And one thing you'll see about in the uh, gospel accounts, you'll always see different accounts how the Jews didn't believe in him and it said that they were envious of him. So what is envy? I believe this is the New Oxford Dictionary uh, says, a feeling of discontentment or resentful longing. Notice that, resentful. Resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, etc., etc. So it's a feeling of discontent. God doesn't want you to be discontented by what anyone has. You know why? Because I always say it like this. God will give me my own. That's why you don't have to, you don't have to covet someone else's spouse. God gives you your own. You don't have to covet what someone else has. God will give you your own. Thank you for your enthusiasm. But when we talk about envy, envy and jealousy many times are, are closely associated. But what do we think? Jealousy. You long for what someone else has, what, wh- whether that's position, whether that's money. Man, I wish I had that. How many know what I'm talking about? That's, that's, you're jealous of that. But envy, actually, just like I read the definition, it said resentment. Envy goes a little bit further than that. And envy says, if I can't have it, neither can you. And so what does that mean? We, we see that in, in, the, in the Bible, all throughout dealing with Jesus like at the crucifixion. But see, that's where, that's where people murder people. If, they can't, if I can't have it, then they can't either, and I'm going to take it away from them. I'm going to take their life away from them, and that's what happens. <clears throat> James 3.16, we just read this. It says, for where envying and strife is, there's confusion. Who's ever been confused? There's nothing good that comes out of of envy. There's nothing good that comes out of strife. So whenever people are embroiled in strife and, you know, they're just at each other's throat, so to speak, what's going to come out of that? The fruit is confusion and every evil work. So that's why we can't tolerate envy in our life. And one way, even when we're talking about tithes and offerings, when God blesses people and begins to prosper them, if it's not happening for you, you can, you can have a couple different things you can do. You can, you can just say, well, bless God, you know, I did this and that. And, and what, why did they get blessed? Why did they get this and that? And, and you'll stay right where you are and you'll go back. Or you can rejoice and you can say, Lord, I thank you for blessing them. I thank you that, that you prospered them. And Lord, I know you're not a respecter of persons. What you did for one, you'll do for me too. Right. You know, it, it, it takes a bigger person to do that. It takes a, a bigger heart to say, you know what? Lord, I know my... My, my blessing is coming. I know that, that I've given and it's... And see, then you, you, don't, um, you, know, you don't look at someone and, and wish that they'd go on the other side of the street when you pass them. 
Amen. And so be excited when your brother's blessed. Why? Because God's no respecter of persons. Amen. But when it comes to envy, we have to recognize it. How many know that a lot of times you, you have to recognize something before you can deal with it? Just like, just like the time that I, I said that I had a, a chip, like a ruffle chip, you know, like a potato chip, stuck on the side of my face. And, and this one guy was in a conversation with for like five minutes. Well, I know it didn't just appear on my face from, from when I talked to him to when I went to the restroom. So it had to been there the whole time. And I thought, what kind of person doesn't tell you that you have a ruffle chip on the side of your head? I mean, what, what part of having a peanut butter and jelly on the side of your face? I mean, that'd be one thing. I mean, having peanut butter and jelly or salami or something, that's one thing. But, you know, if you have a potato chip, that'd be like having corn chips and, and Funyuns on the side of your head. You know, it's like something's not right. <laughs> but you have to recognize it. See, I never recognized it. Same thing with envy. You know, it's just like pride. When I was in Bible school, people would tell the instructor, said, um, you know, brother so-and-so, you know, after the class, they say, brother so-and-so, I, I never had so much pride until your class. He said, yeah, you don't have problems with what you yield to. Yeah. You know, if you're smoking, you don't have a problem with it. Right. You're smoking. It's only when you quit or try to quit that you have a problem with it. You don't have a problem with overeating until you try to stop. <laughs> you, you don't have a problem with pride until you start recognizing and trying to do it. Same thing with envy. Until you recognize it, whatever you yield to, you just yield to it. But when you, when you make a stand and say, I'm not going to do that, that's when your flesh cries out and says, I want it. <laughs> so we're going to look at a few scriptures here this morning. And just help us recognize envy. Help us recognize it. Amen. And keep coming back because there's no telling what we'll talk about next week. And, um, <laughs> but that's the, God loves us and God cares about us. And he wants these things to be uprooted out of our life. Proverbs 3 verse 31 says, Envy thou not the oppressor and choose None of his ways. For the froward is an abomination to the Lord. But his secret is with the righteous. So don't envy the oppressor. Uh, the Hebrew actually says it like this. Envy now thou not a man of violence. Why? Because you know his end ways. And you don't want to have any part of that. So don't envy him. Don't, don't, don't think, oh man, you know, it's just like, it's like people say, I, I don't care if it's a man or a woman, but you know, the, um, you know, a woman can say, you know, she could be watching a soap opera or something and say, well, you know, my man just don't treat me like that. Well, let me tell you, that's not even real. <laughs> They're actors. <laughs> They're actors. And, and so they're not even like that. I mean, maybe they've been through 14 marriages. And so they're not like that. Hallelujah. 
Look over at Proverbs 14 and verse 30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh. See, that's, that's what we were talking about earlier, the forces of life. As you begin to build your spirit up, the life of God comes out. And, and where does healing come from? Healing comes from within. Healing is spiritual. I'm, I'm talking about divine healing. See, see, physical healing, doctors, they work from the outside. That's what they know. But, but spirit, the spirit, that's, that's the life of God, is, is letting the life of God, because where is God? If, if you're born again, he's in your spirit. That same life is in your spirit. And as you begin to meditate upon it, let that life come upon you, then, then God could increase that twofold, threefold, a hundredfold. You start getting that power working in you, then that's where miracles come from. And I, I know God can just zap people too, but that, that's where we tap into the power of God Amen. out of our spirit. And see, that's why he says a sound heart is the life of the flesh. You want life coming to your body? Then have a sound heart. What does that mean? Your heart's in good condition. Your, your, your spirit's in good condition. Forgiveness, walking in love. But envy, the rottenness of the bones. Who wants rottenness in their bones? Well, that's, that's what strife is, and that's what envy is. I mean, you could say even like, like a cancer in your bones. And so, I mean, that, I'm not saying that, that if people have, have cancer, it's because of that, but that's what he's likening it to, that, that something that begins to work in your body, something that's wrong. So we don't want envy in our life. Over in Proverbs chapter 23, I'd encourage you just to take, take the Proverbs and read them, just one a day. Just one a day. Keeps bad things away. Okay, Proverbs 23 and verse 17. Let not your heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. I like that. He says, don't let your heart envy sinners. Why? Because... When you see what people have, what 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 does what does the enemy do? He lies and says, "Well, look, you know, you don't have anything." And especially if you're born again, and and the enemy accuses God, he accuses you. But don't don't envy sinners. Why? Because if they don't turn around, that even even if you're a believer, riches are fleeting. The Bible talks about the uncertainty of riches. What does that mean? People can have it one day and not the next. I mean, there's, there's people that have been millionaires several times over. Why? Because they lost it. They got it back. Then they lost it. And then, you know, they, the Lord gave them, you know, good business um, sense and, and helped them. And they were able to recoup and get things back. But things are uncertain. So don't, don't envy what someone else has. Don't say, well, I wish I had their life. Oh, I wish I had what they had. God will give you what you, what you need and actually what you desire. But it doesn't happen just because, you know, it doesn't have to be just like someone else. 
just over in the next proverb, um, 24, verse 1, be thou not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. So it's just not like, you know, I'm, I'm going to hang around them, but I'm not going to let them bother me. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I think I'm going to um, go in the bar and, and, um, and um, you know, minister to them and they, they need a... You know, I heard the story of this one lady, and she had, she had been in that lifestyle, like, very, very heavily. And she got radically changed and saved. <clears throat> and um, she started thinking, well, you know, I'm going to go back in that lifestyle. And, uh, and it may have even been prostitution as well. But, but she, um, she went back in the bar, and she's meeting with some, um, some business people. And she's sitting there. And the next thing she knows, she's running her finger around the glass. She's going to lick the salt and everything, you know. She's like, I got to get out of here. And thankfully she did. She got up and ran and got out of there. But probably shouldn't have been in there in the first place. So it's just good to know your boundaries. But don't, don't be envious against evil men. Don't desire to be with them. Why? For their heart studies destruction. I mean, I studied the Word of God for something good. There's people, they study destruction. Why? To destroy. And their lips talk of mischief. Verse 19. Fret not yourself because of evil men. Neither be thou envious at the wicked. For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. So... Whenever I think about this, I think of the phrase being content in him. Being content in him. Paul said, I know how to be a base. I know how to abound. Now, being content doesn't mean I'm just accept my lot in life. Because a lot of people think being content as well, you know, I'm just going to be happy with my sickness. I'm just going to be happy. No. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be happy that I don't have anything. You know, blessed be the Lord, the, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, that's what people think. But I, what that means is my contentment and my happiness doesn't come from things. It doesn't come from having the newest thing. It doesn't come from, from wearing the, the, the next bling, you know, or the, having, having the best. Now, I believe for the best and going to have the best. But, but those things, and here's the acid test, if those things have a hold of you, give it away. Oh, I can't give that away. Well, it's got a hold on you. It's got a hold on you. <clears throat> so don't, don't fret because of evil men, and don't be envious at the wicked. You're, then let me say it like this. You're not missing out on anything. What the devil says is, you know what? You're serving the Lord, and you, you could have had this. You could have had fame, fortune, popularity. I've shared this story one time, and I'm just going to give a very abbreviated version, but there was this one lady, <clears throat> Brother Kenneth Hagin had met one time, but in a time of prayer, the Lord gave him a vision. And... Uh, this was like uh, 1952, so what, almost 70 years ago. 
he had this vision, and in the vision, the Lord told him, I'm going to teach you concerning the devil, demons, and demon activity. For what's known in my word is discerning of spirit shall operate in your life and ministry whenever you're in the spirit. And so he said that he, um, the Lord taught him, and three, there was three parts of the vision. And uh, in one of the parts of the vision, he sees this one lady, and um, this lady uh, he knew was a minister's wife. It was actually the, the ex-wife of the minister he was praying with. And she had run off, and he didn't know much about the story. But here he is. He's seeing this vision. And um, anyway, the devil came to her. This little, he said, this little imp, this little demon looked like a monkey. He said monkey-like in the sense that it, it you know, the body and, and shape and form, but the face looked more like a human. He said this demon came up and spoke and said, you're a beautiful woman. You could have had fame, fortune, and popularity, but you've chosen this life of being a Christian. Well, she knew that it was the devil and said, get behind me, Satan, which any person should do. Well, by and by, this demon kept coming back. How many know that he's persistent? And like Miss Gail was was preaching one of the nights about you can be uh, what, what the enemy does, he harasses you. You can be um, oppressed with that kind of thinking. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be safe if you re- rebuke and cast it down. But what happened, there's actually three levels. You have uh, oppression. And then if you begin to entertain those thoughts, which this lady did, she became obsessed with that thinking. After a while, she liked thinking those thoughts, that she was beautiful. She liked thinking those thoughts. And so he said that after a period of time, he saw that it was like a black dot and it went from her head down to her heart. And uh, he's, at that time, he said that she's possessed by that spirit, but only by her permission. And so she could have done anything about it. Anyway, um, she lived with, she divorced her husband, lived with a man, then lived with another man, then lived with several at one time. And um, here's, here they were in the ministry together. And um, Brother Hagen has this vision, sees her in a hotel room, and um, she's registered as the, the wife of so-and-so, and they weren't married. And anyway, she comes to the door. This, this one man was trying to get her restored. Knocked on the door. She came, you know, barely with any clothes on the door, and she said, I know what you're here for. Now, this is what she said. She said, well, as far as Jesus Christ is concerned, to hell with him. I don't want him anymore. And so, and then Jesus is narrating, lets him see this in the vision. See, he didn't know any of this that happened. He just knew that the, the lady had left the husband, who was the man that he was praying with there in that house. And Jesus said, see, she doesn't want me anymore. And, of course, he began teaching her about the unpardonable sin, the sin unto death, Hebrews 6 and then um, Hebrews 10. See, a lot of people think, well, you know, maybe I've committed the unpardonable sin. If you want to serve God, you've not committed that sin. Yeah. And you just have to ask people, well, do you want to serve? Oh, yes, I want to serve God. Here's what that, and you know, the Bible talks about it's impossible for them to be renewed under repentance. You know why? What it says, you can't get them to repent. People can get to a place once they harden themselves where they won't repent. And so that's why we have to deal with these hard issues all the time. But I said all that to say this. It starts with a thought. 
It starts with a thought when the devil brings thoughts. So as long as you cast them down, you're fine. As long as you, you rebuke them, you're okay. And that's where our freedom is, is in the... And so what... I started that by saying this. You're not missing out on anything with what the world has to offer. The world has nothing to offer. Only sin and rebellion, heartache and sickness. And I don't want any part of that. I had enough of that. <laughs> Look at Proverbs 27.4. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? <clears throat> who is able to stand before envy? Just over a few pages, Ecclesiastes, listen to this, 4.4. 4. Again, I consider all travail and every right work, that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, finally you get this thing and he's saying, all is vanity. This is vanity, this is vanity, this is vanity. But it's not that we just throw our hands up and just say, oh, let me just go home and be with the Lord. No, we still have a work to do, but what's he saying about this? He's talking about envy. A man envying his neighbor. He said, this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. You know what, you know what envy does? It vexes you. Because you're always comparing yourself. And that's one of the biggest parts of envy. Why am I envious? Because I have to be like the Joneses. The Joneses went bankrupt years ago. Just, just get that settled right now. <laughs> but you know, one of the things we see, we see envy all throughout the Bible. So just hold on the next few moments and, and we'll let you go. But I want you to, to lock in right here. Acts 7 verse 9 says, And the patriarchs, now we're talking about the, the children of Israel, moved with envy. They sold Joseph into Egypt. Why did they get rid of Joseph and want to get, get him? You know, they, they were jealous and, and they were envious. They wanted to get rid of him. And, uh, of course, you know, they staged the whole thing and said he was, you know, killed by uh, a wild animal. And, and, um, but we know that God, God worked everything out. But let, yeah, listen to the rest of this. He says, the patriarchs moved with him. He sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. So just because things happen because of envy, that doesn't mean God leaves you. And he delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. So if people out of envy... Get you fired. If people out of envy, I mean, that happens all the time. People climbing the corporate ladder and they feel like they got to step on your, your head too. And so, you know, people do that, but God's still with you. God's still with you. He's going to prosper you regardless. Hallelujah. So, because of envy, because of envy, say this I reject envy. I'm not going to have it in my life. Acts chapter 17 in verse 4. 
And some of them believed. This is after Paul's preaching. And consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, a great multitude. And of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out of the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come here too. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that, that Paul, was, they said he was a pestilent fellow. One guy preached a message called How to Be a Godly Pest. <laughs> but that's what they were saying. That, that pestilent fellow, he's, he's come here. These people that turn upside down, this, the world, they come here too. You better watch out for them. <laughs> and so, but we see the same thing. Just like the Jews were moved with envy and they had Jesus turned over, the same thing with Paul. The Jews that didn't believe moved with envy, took, took others against him. Over in the, um, turn back to Acts chapter 13. I hope you see that, that envy is not just a, a small emotion. That it's actually, it's, there's a working behind it. Like a, almost like a spirit right behind it. Acts 13 verse 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the Word of God. I mean, I, I would say revival's happening yeah. when the whole city comes to hear the Word. Yeah. But don't stop reading. Look at verse 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. Why? Well, we don't have services like that in the synagogue. We don't have those kind of crowds. <laughs> that, that's what it was about. When they saw the multitudes. Well, we, you know, we... We never have big meetings like that. We don't have people coming in and filling up the building. They were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing that you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So they had an opportunity to hear, but they, they basically said, you know, we're unworthy. We, we're not going to hear it. Why? Because of envy. So what if the church across town has more people than you got? Amen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not responsible for that. I'm responsible for the call and the, and the commission that God has for this church. Well, you know, such and such. Well, bless them. God bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. We can only do what God's called us to do. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but it's good. You need to have something in your arsenal. 1 Timothy 6 verse 4. Yeah, let's go back to 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness... He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions 
and strifes of words. So anytime you get in an argument and, 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 you know, never be argumentative with the Scripture. You know why you should never argue Scripture? I'm not saying that you can't, you know, share Scripture. But if people don't have a, a heart to receive, you cannot let or make someone see revelation. Only the Holy Ghost can reach on the inside of someone's heart and, and reveal it to them. But if they are closed off, you can try all day. You can, you can lay hands until they go bald. I mean, you could, you, you could preach till you fall out, but no one's going to get a, sh- a shed of revelation. Not, not even a little bit. Why? Because their heart's not open. But notice he says here, these questions and strifes of words, where, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Amen. You know, when, when people's hearts are open, you just, you're just as good just to walk away. Amen. And I've done that. Amen. So envy, I'll give you a couple points here. Number one, envy is a work of the flesh. Just like we said, strife. Envy is a work of the flesh. And all you have to do to have the, the works of the flesh is nothing. Just yield to the way you feel. You will be selfish. You'll be proud. You'll be envious. Galatians 5 verse 21. Notice the Bible says, well, Verse 19 says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So envying is a fruit. Uh, it's actually a work of the flesh. It's the wrong kind of fruit. It's rotten. When you talk about rottenness in the bones, that's, that's envy. But then number two, love is a fruit of the Spirit. So what's, what's the opposite of envy? How do I walk in the opposite spirit? And we talk about that a lot. You know, when it comes to the things of the, that the enemy brings, what do you do? You walk in the opposite spirit. Oh, yeah. When people are railing against you, you bless. Yeah. When, when, when people want to do you wrong, you be a blessing. Amen. You love your enemies. Amen. You walk in the opposite spirit. When, when you feel, I mean, I, I do this sometimes. I mean, this, who's ever just, your flesh is just antsy. And just, we got to do it, and we got to do it now. We got to do this, and, you know, maybe someone's taking a long time doing something. Sometimes I just pretend just like, like you grab the, a horse, the reins. I just, I mean, I, I will physically do that sometimes. I'll just, like, reach my hand out just like this. That means you're, and I'll, I'll tell myself, Will, you're not in a hurry. You're not in a hurry. I mean, it's okay to talk to yourself if it keeps you out of sin. You need, you need to talk to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. You, you just 
chill out. Just go outside and get some fresh air. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Everyone's so pious just looking, looking at me like, man, I've never felt like that. <laughs> but see, love is a fruit of the Spirit. So when you love someone, you won't be envious of them or what they have. Or be mad. And that's, that's where that envy comes in. You know, if I can't have it, then they can't have it either. So I'm going to go take it. You know, and, and do this, you know, spite unto people. But if you let love, see, the Bible says that love prefers one another. Love prefers one another. Hebrews 13, verse 5 says this. Let your, your manner of life be without covetousness. Our life is supposed to be without covetousness. And that's linked with what we're talking about. And be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So, so what's the answer? The answer, right here he says, don't let your life be with any covetousness and be content. Be content with what you have. What does that mean? I'm not going to be longing for what I don't have. I'm not going to stay in that place of, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this. Why? Because that's ungratefulness and that's being unthankful. Let me say it like this. If you want to experience increase in your life, begin to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Why? Because if you do the other, that's the way you lose stuff. Right. I mean, what if your kids, you know, what if, what if I, I gave Liam something back there? And I, I gave him something that was, you know, worth something. And he just looked at it and said, yeah, I saw one of those. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Okay. And just walked off. How much more would I want to give to him? You know, God's the same way. If you act unthankful, you act ungrateful, he's not interested in giving you more. But as you, as you begin to say, Lord, I thank you for your blessings. Lord, I may not have what so-and-so has, but Lord, I thank you right now that, that Lord, you want to bless me. I thank you, Lord, that I have my own relationship with you. And Lord, thank you for, for blessing my life. I thank you for what you've already given me. As you begin to stir yourself up in that, then, then God's going to give you more. God's going to pour out more in your life. So, 1 Peter 2 says to lay aside all envies. You know you can lay aside envy? Say it. I'm going to lay aside all envy. So that means today when you go to Pizza Ranch and you see someone sitting across from you, Maybe they have on a Brioni suit or something. That's three thousand dollars. You can go up and see. Here's the thing, and this is all tied with pride too. See, pride cannot show genuine impression. Pride cannot show, you know, hey man, that's nice. It always downplays it. Can you show impression if someone has something nice? Can, can you say, man, that's nice? You know, that's awesome. Or do you do like most people? 
and make excuses or, or, or be envious and, and mad at people. Well, I've been more faithful than they have. How in the world they get that? They must have stolen it. Which shows that, that you don't have any faith at all. Right. All right, let me give you one more. <clears throat> then we'll give you a 10-minute break and we'll come back. <laughs> and all the healing school people said amen. <laughs> Romans 13. In verse 10, love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. How do we fulfill the whole law? One word, love. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. You know, the Bible says in another place, those that are drunken are drunken in the night. Those that are in darkness, I mean, there's a reason why the correlation between being dark and then being light outside. But he says, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. We have to put it on. The Bible says, put on the new man which is created in Christ Jesus under good works. And let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. Look, notice this. Not in strife and envying. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a, if you really look at that, that's a bad list to be in. Drunkenness, chambering, wantonness. He's talking about immorality. Not in strife and envying. So, so what do I do? What, how, what's my answer? Verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, when it comes to the things of God, you can't do th- two things at one time. You can't walk in the flesh and the spirit at the same time. One's gonna, one's gonna, overpower the other or fall prey to the other. And this is, this is one of the greatest things that I've ever learned in my life. So I'm not talking just, you know, some nice little theological hearsay. But no matter what you have in your life that's wrong, you can change it. You can change it by the Word of God, by the Holy Ghost, and by what I would call the law of displacement. You know, just say if you have a lot of doubt in you. You have a lot of fear. You don't have to worry so much about getting it out. Right. You can get it out by the law of displacement. You begin, and I know that's what happened. I, I've, I've seen your faces the last two weeks, and I, I know what's hap- been happening. <laughs> Amen. There's been some things displaced. There's been some things kicked out. There's been some things that... It got kicked like this, you know. Why? Because in the presence of in the presence of faith, doubt has to leave. In the presence of healing, sickness has to leave. Hallelujah. So you don't have to you don't have to say, Man, I got these doubts, I gotta get all the doubts and 
just, just when you got 40 of them out, then the devil says, well, there's one more in there. And you got, oh, I got to get that one out. But as you begin to just yeah. pour that in, Come on. just like this morning, I, I poured um, a, a glass of orange juice for Liam. And, <laughs> but you know, if, if it would have had, what if it had um, milk in there? And, and he, but he wanted orange juice in there. But there's a rule. You can't, and you want to fill it up. But there's a rule. You can't pour it out. You can't pour the milk out. Is there a, another way to get that thing full of orange juice? Well, you, you, you'd probably want to put it over the sink. But you begin to pour it. You pour it. And, and, and what's going to happen? You're going to have a mixture of the two. Then you might have half and half. Then you keep pouring that orange juice it's just going to be a steady stream of orange juice in there. The same thing with faith. You begin to pour that word. You begin to pour the things of the Spirit in your life. All those things, those oppressions and those, those fears, they just fall off. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kind of feel like... My pastor hitting somebody with a Bible. <laughs> I guess it's good it's up there. Notebook would work. So so how do we apply this to our life? What do we we have to put on the new man? Yes. We have to put on the love of God. And we have to make the decision, I'm not gonna allow envy and jealousy in my life. I'm not gonna be upset about stuff. I want you to say that. I will not, I will not be, upset be upset about stuff. About you know, it's just stuff. And they make, they make new ones every day. Amen. And they're new and improved. And then what do you have to do? Begin to rejoice with others. Rejoice with others. Realize that God can give me my own. And that I don't, I don't have to be envious or jealous or covetous of what other people have. And, you know, here's the thing. A lot of things may have to do with what God's called you to, you know, in your life. You know, don't be covetous that, that someone has a, an airplane. You may not need an airplane. I personally don't need one at this point. Maybe later in the ministry, but I don't need one right now. <laughs> and never in, envy what someone else's call is. Yeah. You know, one thing that, that I've learned to do as a believer is be able to receive from lots of different people, but not be envious of their call or compare myself. Right. Who's ever compared themselves and you feel like, man, I'm about this big? <laughs> because here's what happens. There's two things that happen when you compare it either breeds um, inferiority or superiority. And so when you compare yourself, oh, man, I'm not as good as them. And they, but I'm sure a lot better than they are. You know, and <laughs> I just, I know I'm better than, I know I'm better than Bill. I mean, he, but you know what? Susie, you know, she, and that's what happens. You know, people see, See someone that's like, uh, they really have a real strong prayer life. And man, I, I want to be like, you know, I'm just saying, people say this. They, they say, 
man, I want to be like Bishop Oyedepo. I want to be like, like um, Duncan Williams. And I, you know, I want to have that prayer life. And then they see somebody in the Word. Man, I want to, my Word life like Brother Copeland. I want to be like this. And then all of a sudden they have this 900-foot Christian that they can, never, they can never match up to. So they just give up and say, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just me. But don't compare yourself. Never compare yourself. Why? Because God loves you special. God doesn't love you through someone else. You know, I don't, you know, I don't love the, I love both boys personal level, you know, equally in a personal level. I don't say, okay, go tell your brother that I love him. Now, I do have to say, tell your brother to get up out of the bed. I even said that this morning. Go make sure your brother's awake. It's 830. <laughs> but, you, you know, God doesn't treat us like that. Aren't you glad? I'm glad that I don't get a phone call. I'm glad my wife doesn't have to say, the Lord says he loves you. The Lord says he's, he's with you. The Lord says that he cares about you. Aren't you glad that, that the Lord is not like that? Why? Because he, he, the Lord doesn't have grandchildren either. He just has children. And he wants, he wants to hear from you. I heard um, Pastor Robert Morris, he, uh, he was saying this. He said that this one guy was talking to him and said, you know, if, if you ever get something from the Lord, if you ever get anything from the Lord, just tell me. And so he just said, okay. And he said, he was praying the next day. He said, Lord, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know, um, you know, if you, I'm open, if you have anything to him that, you know, to, to say to this guy. He said, yeah, I want you to call him and tell him that I'd like to hear from him personally. <laughs> See, God, God doesn't want you to just build your relationship with him according to your wife or your husband right. or your pastor or anybody That's else. Right. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because God, God doesn't want us to compare ourselves. He doesn't want us to, to live off someone else's call. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that even today with the word, Lord, that it would challenge each person to look on the inside and to take inspection and inventory. Lord, I thank you that we all... Look at the mirror of the word today, Lord, to make sure that there's nothing that's envy, nothing that's strife, nothing that's the works of the flesh. But Lord, we make a, a conscious decision that we're going to walk in the, the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, first, I just want to deal with this. You know, if, if you have what we're talking about today with strife or envy. If you have envy, things that, that, that need to be dealt with, I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but you know those things in your heart. And just begin to talk to the Lord. And, and maybe that you've, you've been envious of other people and you, maybe you thought as a believer, I should be further along and, you know, I've, and because of that, you've gotten bitter. You know, being envious can lead to murder. 
even just in your heart. Maybe, maybe you didn't, maybe it was a, a iniquity in your heart because of what someone else has. But today, just make that decision on the inside and, and just say, Lord, I'm not going to be envious. I'm not going to desire what other people have. I'm not going to be covetous. But Lord, I'm going to be thankful today and I'm going to, I repent that I haven't been thankful like I should, but Lord, I'm going to be thankful for everything that you've given me. Lord, I'm not going to be envious of blessings of others. I rejoice with others. Lord, when I see my brother and sister uh, coming up higher, Lord, I know that, that it's your will that I come up higher. And Lord, I thank you that, that we rejoice with those, Lord, that are around us. And Lord, that there's plenty where that came from. Hallelujah. And Lord, we purpose that we're going to let the love of God we put on Christ. We put on, Lord, we make not provision for the flesh. We make not provision to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we know that strife and envy and, and hatred, all those things come from the flesh. But Lord, we crucify the flesh today. And we say today that we will rejoice. We will rejoice. Hallelujah. I want you to just say this. Say, Father, Father forgive me. If I've walked in envy. And if I have had strife. Lord, I forgive every person that's ever wronged me. I release them. Lord, whatever I thought people should have done for me and didn't do for me. Lord, I look not to any person, but I look to you. You are the provider. You have more than enough for me personally. I thank you, Lord, that I shall never lack. I shall never do without. But I shall always have more than enough. More than enough. Lord, I thank you that I am not envious. I am not jealous. But I will let the fruit of love grow in my life. Let it grow bigger and bigger as I purpose to walk according to your word. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.